On today's episode of the David Watson Podcast, I was talking with a returning guest, Carlton from Brunton Media. And not surprisingly, Carlton and I got into all things media, marketing, digital media, and a really long conversation about the genius of the Coca-Cola Christmas advert. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please do like and subscribe. Good morning. Welcome back to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Hey, David. I'm very well. I've just run to my office to find a camera doesn't work, which was entertaining, but that's life sometimes. See, this is, I'm good. I'm good. And it's, it's a great example of how these podcasts actually work because already I can literally, I've assumed many like, so actually I'll give people some background reference to this. The only reason, in in one sense, the only reason I have a podcast is because of you. Because yeah. I decided I was going to do a podcast. I planned a podcast. I had my very first guest, Caroline, my therapist. And hello, Caroline, if you listen. And I'll put a link in the description to anybody that wants to check her out. And I was talking to you because you're my media guy. And you went, that won't work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, this is what I'm going to do. And you're like, no, that, that that's not how it works. You can't do a podcast like that. You don't have the correct software, the, the video will cut out, et cetera, et cetera. There was all of these things that I just knew nothing about. And you told me yeah. to load, download OBS Studio and you basically did a live tutorial for me. And I think you even put it on YouTube at some point. I don't know if, if not. It was good. I think it was Google Drive, but yes. Okay, was, Google uh, Drive. The same principle, but yeah. Yeah. So I, and then set it up. And ever since then, I've had some technical difficulties with my podcast at the beginning and stuff because I actually just don't have a clue what to do so when something goes wrong <laughs> I'm pretty screwed from the beginning and there's yeah. not much I can do about it because I'm not sort of technically minded um, and don't know how all of these things work and sometimes just even though you switch everything off turn everything back on even though you do pre-sound checks pre-record checks and you make sure everything's working it doesn't work. And we had this only, what was it, about 10 days ago, wasn't it? I was in your office with my laptop, my microphone, my webcam and everything because I bought a new Logi webcam and connected it up. No problem. Self-installed. It was fantastic. And then I went to do uh, a podcast with somebody and it was the second podcast I think I'd done. And it all suddenly stopped working. And not only yeah. did the webcam stop working, the headphones stopped working and so the moral of this story is technology will just do random things that make no utter sense i was going to say the moral and of this you... story is i still don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> but now well, i know that you don't either well i can't I, I give the illusion like i do but the reality of the fact is i actually do it's just technology doesn't want to play ball today for some reason because well, this to, give is... your, to give your listeners some context, I literally spent half an hour last night setting this up so I'd be on a big professional camera and it all would be good. First of all, that's why I'm in my office and not at home, right? Yeah. And I come in this morning, I plug everything in, I turn my laptop on, and technology just is like, nah, nah, mate. Well, nah. this is to give people <laughs> reference. When I came into your office uh, the other week with all of the equipment and it was all plugged in, nothing had been changed. 
And when we switched it all back on, it was all working properly. Because yeah. I originally rang you and you tried to talk me through it. And I was like, yeah, no, that's correct. That's correct. Everything was exactly as it should be. And it's like, I'm going to have to have a look at it. So I brought it into you a few days later. And everything was still exactly as it was supposed to be. But now everything was working. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing that was different was maybe, I don't know, Virgo was on the North Star of Sagittarius or something as the sun <laughs> rose from the east. I've no idea. But it, it wasn't anything that's any setting or anything that you and I had changed. So so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. To two people that had their own podcast, we still don't actually know what we're going Neither with. of us can actually get a podcast to run when we want to. Yeah, you know. and I have lo- I've had loads of technical difficulties, even though it doesn't appear like that when they're recorded. So, But yeah, since you and I last kind of spoke uh, via a podcast, things have changed massively. You got, you're in an office, you're in the centre of Salisbury, You've got clients, like loads of clients. You're actually flat out busy. You've teamed up with Love Salisbury. And, yeah, you're just flying. Well, when you say it like that, yes, it sounds like that, doesn't it? (laughs) But as people who know me will know, I'm always like, okay, yes, that's all very well and good. But what about next? What about next week? What about the next day? What about the next thing? Yeah. Right? Like, it's all very well and good having having the all the above, but what comes with a lot of that, far like the Love Salisbury thing to an extent, especially when you have like a team like team members, whether they're freelance or full time or whatever, whether you have an office, you have a lot more responsibility because you suddenly aren't just in your bedroom. It doesn't actually matter whether you make money or not. Suddenly you actually have bills to pay and 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 so on. And it's like, okay, this shit just got real. It's like being an adult. Yes, imagine that. Imagine a 24-year-old, which everyone doesn't think I'm a 24-year-old, but I'm just going to put that on the record now that I'm a 24-year-old. Um, who's paying his own actually, bills. Who's actually paying his own bills, I know. Well done, me. Good. Yeah. Well done. Good job, me. Well done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... It, yeah, I don't even know. To be honest, as you know, this year's been a, a little bit of a blur, like 2020 was, but in a different way. Yeah, because absolutely. For me, it's... I just get on <laughs> it's the best way i can describe it i don't i don't sit there and go oh well done Carl. you've done very well well done i just like okay great cool, cool what do i need to do today um you know i wake up right this 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 even on the way here even though i was in a rush to get here i was still answering emails and still doing what i could to to answer what had happened while i while i was asleep um yeah. you know and, and etc and trying to keep on top of stuff because if you don't you're just going to get buried in paperwork, you're just going to get buried in stuff that should be happening that isn't. But in terms of business growth, you have actually grown in the last what twelve months tenfold. It de- well, yeah, it, de- it depends on your definition of growth. If you're talking revenue, then three times. Oh, revenue, but, customers, but output. Yeah, I, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't want to sit here and like go. Oh, we've done really really well because. Yes, we have, but also okay, there's been a lot I'll, of I'll sit here that... and say, you're absolutely right. You, <laughs> you, you could have done better. I could have done. The thing is, though, that if only you, If only you were prepared to work a little bit harder, you could have done better. I know, I know, I know. But the, the, the thing is, for me, I, I, I'm always very careful when I say, oh, look, look how well I've done, because a lot of businesses haven't been as grateful or haven't, been as, haven't had the opportunity that I've had. Now, yes, in theory, I've made those opportunities, right? Of course I have. But, and I know how to seize them. But the issue is a lot of businesses still now haven't had that option, right? So it's not fair for me to go because I'm in a space which uh, an, an industry that's technically growing that's been like, oh, yeah, look at me because look how amazing I'm doing. 
No, but all we're talking about is facts that actually you have been working hard this year and the business has grown tenfold. It, it's not about, it doesn't matter what business that's in. You know, every business, somebody is always doing yeah. well, somebody is always doing badly. Yeah, I mean, S- sometimes yeah, I mean, people true. are, I mean, but sometimes people are just doing well because there's a bubble growing and they just happen to got on the ride at the right time. Other times people are in the same bubble, but they're doing appallingly because it's just mismanaged, missed a couple of opportunities, had a bit of bad luck. There's, there isn't a, well, in theory, there's a, a plan uh, that you can lay out and you can follow and you can do, but that's, it's not the case. Things can just go against you. Things just might not happen. It's sometimes, I do believe that, you know, the harder you work, the more luck you create. But that, that's it's just a numbers game. It's an opportunities game. And you're well, right. Yeah, I mean, it becomes, some... a, it becomes a probability game at that point, right? Mm, but you're right. There are some businesses that, because of circumstances, have just been smashed to pieces and, you know, probably won't ever get a chance to stand on their own two feet again and will just fold under. But it still doesn't take away from the fact there's lots of businesses that are doing well, that are doing phenomenally well. And some have yeah. done well because of the circumstances and some of them have done well despite the circumstances. And I think it's an important point because the our job as, as businesses that can thrive or are thriving is to thrive for the good of the economy, right? Like that's, mm. that's that we need to, because if we don't, then, then it's going to be even harder for the economy to come back. Right. And I, I don't want to do this like backwards and forwards regarding health and uh, an economy argument, but there is going to be a stress on both very soon. Right. <laughs> More stress, probably arguably on economy. Um, I, I would argue. That, I would suggest, you know, seeing there's a report come out the other day that, in terms of inflation and hyperinflation, uh, was it America printed more forty percent of the dollars that have ever been printed for America in the, in, was in, in the 2020. Last two, yeah, in, in the last tw- year or two. So yeah. the entire history of American dollars being printed, forty percent of them were printed in 2020. And that's never good news for the dollar. No. Uh, every which, economist which... under the sun knows that. And it's how much of an impact it has on everyone else. Yeah, which to an extent, and everyone, you know, and people ask me, I'm sure some of your audience ask you as well, you know, well, why do we always relate to the dollar as a, as a you know, a yardstick? But the thing is that from an economic point of view, the dollar was always tied to gold for a very, very, very long time. And that's why we used it as a currency. And the OPEC our, agreement. Our currencies too. Yeah. And the OPEC agreement. I mean, agreement. it isn't. It isn't anymore, and hasn't been for nearly no. nearly a hundred years. But, but the, the, sorry, was, I need right, to, to interrupt you with a bit more history. America, the dollar is also tied to the OPEC agreement, which is how most Western countries buy oil. So there's a the OPEC agreement is pretty much with a, a large amount of countries. I can't remember exactly how many who buy all of their oil through. Um, the OPEC agreement, um, which is Middle East and stuff like that. And when you purchase barrels of oil, in theory, because they're still sold in barrels, you can only purchase them in dollars. So, yeah. and that helps. That helps the the American economy. It helps keep the dollar propped up. It used to be gold, um, but even now, if you try and buy gold, most most times it's quoted in dollars. The prices in dollars. Um, and it's just it's an historical thing of how currencies were attached to certain products you know um that's why if you have a strong currency it can be important to hold on to it but anyway we're moving too far down 
a tangent, <laughs> which is what you and I have to do. Because one of the things I want to talk to you a little bit more about is um, obviously the importance of video marketing um, and marketing in general and exactly what that means. Um, but when is your, because you have started um, kind of your own little, how can I put it? Because you do your Christmas videos now, don't you? Yeah. Which are becoming a kind of tradition in themselves. Well, hopefully will. Right? Like, we're year one, like, plan one, zero, day one. No, no, because right? you, so you did one last you know, year. You... Yeah, but they haven't... They're, they're not in the same... I wouldn't describe them in the same way because they are... They're good. Like, the idea is great, don't get me wrong, but it's more I'm building a tradition moving forward now in the way I'm doing them. So the plan that, you know... Yeah, but an you, you're, you're just, is, you're just you know. being technical and it's my podcast. <laughs> it's my podcast and I get to call it what I want to call it. So you basically don't want to call it technical. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So the, the, the point that we're talking about here is I, I, for a long time, have always wanted to promote Salisbury and always will want to promote Salisbury because it's close to my heart. It's part of the reason why I built Brunner Media in the first place. Um, and, you know, we can get into that if you want. But the, the crux of this point is is basically I, I decided that I was going to create a Christmas video that ideally I'm trying to emulate Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola has been known for a very, 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 very long time that uh, it is not Christmas until the Coca-Cola ad or the John Lewis ad or etc. is online or is posted. Then it's Christmas, which... John Lewis knew, and just spoiler alert, John Lewis decided let's do it really early this year, just to just to mess with everyone, uh, which I found really funny. But it's a big but, competition in the in the commercial market. Who has the yeah. best Christmas video? Yeah, but it, you know, it, I think it says a lot about our culture as well because we don't. A lot of people are very religious in the respect that they build a habit around something. It could be the Coca Cola. Christmas ad we'll use as the example here but it could be anything <laughs> and then they are religious every year but also look I, I sorry to interrupt you like that sorry I'm sorry to interrupt I have proper adult friends who have proper full-time jobs in responsible positions who get excited for the coca-cola advert and the yeah. Christmas doesn't start until they've seen the coca-cola advert and then they compare all the other Christmas adverts but so also it's a real thing but also, let me ask you, at Christmas, what drink is being drink, drunk at Christmas? I don't know. I've no idea. I bet you I bet you there's a Coca-Cola bottle somewhere in that oh, house. Oh, yeah, there's going to be, of course there is. Right, because the thing is, if you have that emotional connection to Christmas doesn't start until Coca-Cola Coca you're never going to have a Pepsi in your house. You're just not, right? It's no. not going to happen. And the, the ironic thing for your viewers is, Pepsi and Coke are actually very good friends. The owners, they're actually very are good they? friends. Yeah, they're actually very good friends. And they they know, because of a lot of laws, but even before, they know what competition is used for and how it can be used. Hmm. So <laughs> Pepsi, there was, a, there, was a, there was an article ages ago about some Coke uh, ex-employees going to Pepsi and giving them the recipe to Coke. And basically, the Pepsi CEO rung the Coke like head mm. up and said so and so and so and so has just given me your recipe you might want to look into this yeah i remember because that of yeah the, because of course the employees didn't realize that pepsi and coke actually they have to have about 25 percent market share each they have to by law 
because mm-hmm. you're not allowed to have a monopoly on, on soft drinks you're not so how did they do it well they just bounced so they they both always have 25 percent no matter yeah. what happens because they parody each other i don't know whether you've noticed but a lot of the time bar christmas they parody their own ads yeah, so absolutely. So the so they'll so that so the, everyone thinks they do it because they're spiteful. No, they do it because it's really good advertising. That's really mm. good marketing. I think and this that's is why. that's a good thing to actually digress into because people don't understand that the reason often people follow other advertisers is because it's working. If the advert bombs, no one follows it, and with Christmas adverts especially, once people seen how successful Coca Cola had become. Your John Lewis, your Marks and Spencers, your Sainsbury's, your Tesco's, they all started their Coca-Cola adverts. Do you know what I mean? They're, this is our equivalent for Christmas. This is where we're going to set a trend. We're going to set a tradition. And, th- and that's how it works, is they all realised this is bloody brilliant. And they all know <laughs> that whoever gets... Because it the... increases sales, right? That's the yeah. reality. It increases sales. Yeah, sorry, folks. There's a spoiler alert. They don't give a shit about whether you enjoy it or not. They care if you're spending money with them. And yeah. there you go. Unfortunately, that's so the reality. But you, yeah. ha- like I said, you, you kind of started this last year, but you're you've now taken it on. Like, actually, I'm going to turn this into something. And just for information's sake, just let everybody know what it is you you actually do. So I'm a well. For a long time, I was a videographer. Uh, now I'm a video strategist, and now I'm probably a mix of all the below. So. I do a bit of camera operation, I do a bit of strategy, I do a bit of marketing, I do a bit of this, a bit of that. And what that all wraps up into is I become a video marketing expert or someone who consults on marketing. So Or makes money for people. Ideally, yes, but we're never going to guarantee that we're going to do that, right, as we've discussed before, because the only yeah. way, and this is a misconception in marketing, marketing is incredible, but it takes time because yeah. it takes time to get the right form of advertising, the right form of content, the right language, the right, there's so many factors that go into it. That's why it's so difficult to do. And it's also something that you can't, you have to do religiously before you see any results. Like we've had clients that we work with for six months and they don't get any return. And then suddenly at month seven or eight, they suddenly get five clients that generated them thousands of pounds, for example. But that's just because we just kept believing and kept understanding, okay, we're getting close, we're getting close. And it's all about this momentum. Well, you start defining the happens. target audience as well, don't you? So you, you can start yeah. actually um, doubling down on where you need to give attention to. Because yeah. otherwise that, it's very you know, much yeah, a, scatter, be, like a scattergun approach otherwise. Yeah, and that, could be, and that could be a platform, that could be a style of content, that could be a type of content, that could be a certain... Uh, niche of content so we're going to do tutorial videos on x y and z and they do really really well we're going to do explainer videos for example there's loads of different elements that you can look at but the crux is understanding that it's going to take time right and and one of the one of the issues that a lot of marketers run into is they promise their clients very short-term returns and then when they don't get the short-term returns they suddenly end up being in hot water right not naming Mm. anyone in pacific but it happens. That is the reality. It happens, right? And that's why we always say, look, we're not going to guarantee you anything because unless I'm going to pay you, then I can guarantee you increase in revenue. Bar that, I can't. Yeah. But going to the, what is it you do for this um, Christmas tradition that you're creating? 
So the Christmas edition specifically was started because I always wanted to promote Salisbury. So when there was an event on in Salisbury or there was something that I thought needed showcased or even just the city in general, I created a piece of content around it, right? So it's great for me because it shows what I can do, but also great for the city, hopefully, right? And I know some people have come for the city by seeing my work. Fantastic. Hurrah. But the Christmas edition in Pacific is, for me, as I say, trying to emulate the Christmas kind of ad feel in the respect to ideally or after a couple of years hopefully there'll be a percentage of salisbury that won't feel it's christmas until they've seen my commercial ad or my Mm. video on christmas in salisbury and i think that for me would be the ideal world whether that's going to happen or not is a different conversation but from what i've seen and the reaction i've got from the first one it seems to be pretty good granted a lot of that is through paid traction but the thing is, and, I, uh, and I, I'm in two minds about bringing this up, but the reality of the fact is, because everyone says, oh, you just pay for your views or et cetera. The reality of the fact is Facebook as a platform or even Instagram now, you have to buy. If yeah. you don't spend money to advertise your content to get it out there, it will not get views unless you're very, very, very lucky because yeah. you have to basically get it into a share chain that infinitely is put being put on new people's profiles that then gets put onto new people's profiles and so on. The only other way is by paying Facebook because mm. Facebook organic reach is less than 1% now. But also as well, are you not arguably, are you not just actually demonstrating what it is you do? <clears throat> this is this. I would say so. Yeah. You know, I, I, I so, do. A lot of people feel it's the whole like, let's bot views thing because you're paying for it. But no, the, because the thing is, this <laughs> is not the same as botting views. The whole point and... of marketing like you say, is, you know, you, so it, it's more to the way I see it is it's more a start to finish. Do you know what I mean? Because you actually go out, you, you do the video of Salisbury, the kind of the Christmas feel of Salisbury, the, the centre of the Salisbury being set up and lots of businesses get free advertising because some of them get put in it um, because they're part of the backdrop, so to speak. And then you've got to create that kind of advert, that content, and then you put it on Facebook. But you're also a business. And like any business, even a marketing business, it has to do marketing. And when you, what you've literally done is, hey, this is how good I make Salisbury look. This is how yeah. good I can make your company look. And I pay for the adverts because it shows you what you have to do. Yeah. You know, because you're absolutely right. You and I discuss this a lot because you and I are very, very active on social media, on all platforms. There's very little that you and I are not active on. And you and I both know, and we've both had kind of what they call unicorn success with the odd video. But you and I both know that on the whole, suppressed might be the wrong word of, way of describing it. But if you're not paying for your content to be distributed, they're not going to put you into an algorithm unless you somehow get shared by somebody who is an influencer. There now, is, as I say, there is some outcroppers there, right? Like there is, there is occasions where you will get a video that gets incredible amounts of views without having a penny spent on it. But you also but you can't bet on that. No, but you will also, if you listen to a lot of influencers, they periodically come up and say, is there something wrong with my content? Because I don't seem to be getting my normal responses. And I know this happened to Jason Capital on TikTok, and he ended up setting up a whole new account because he realised he was literally, because he wasn't paying for any of his content, but millions of people reviewing it, he suddenly, the numbers went down. 
And he was just like, oh, this doesn't make sense. And I've seen this with lots of people that I follow. Fitness influencers, you know, fitness gurus, whatever you want to call them, actual media marketing people who all, who all started to realize that no matter how popular you are, if you're not paying for your content, all of the platforms, without ex exception, will stop sharing it. And they periodically have to say, hey, can you guys see my content? Because it seems to have slowed down. Then everyone starts liking it, starts copying it, starts sharing it, starts writing comments, goes onto their profile, starts liking lots of videos. And all of the platforms say, oh, you're popular again. It's like, well, I always was popular. You just tried to take it away from me because I don't give you revenue in terms of paying for promoted content. Well, yeah, and it's something you need to think about as, as, as a business owner or as anyone because you need to understand what Facebook, Instagram, etc., want, right? Mm. At a very basic level, they want revenue. Okay, how do they get that revenue? By showing ads to people. So there's two ways you can look at it. Either you create the ads and then you pay them to promote it. Okay, that's option one. Option two is you create content that holds people on the platform and holds their retention on that platform so they can have more ads distributed to them, which in turn means you'll make, you as a user are making YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whichever platform you're on, more money. Yeah which in turn means it's more likely to show it to more people. Because basically what happens is, let's say, for example, Dave posts his podcast tomorrow. Fantastic. So it's going to show it to a, a percentage of his followers. And it's going to gauge how interactive was those percentage, right? How much did they watch it? How did they like it? Did they share it? Did they, what did they do with it, right? And then what happens is, if it was good, so above 50% of what was what they class as good, who knows what they class as good nowadays, because it's an algorithm which no one knows it's a miss miss unkept secret because it's a computer algorithm that changes every five minutes not five minutes but you get the point and then it goes okay so we hit the metrics we wanted to hit here so then okay let's give it to another percentage so it might be 10 percent. so we'll use the easy number like a thousand first time it gives it a thousand let's say 500 people plus interact with it great fantastic okay here's another 500 right and so on how stuff goes viral, how stuff goes unicorn is because the interaction keeps getting bigger. So then the platform goes, okay, let's try a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five, ten, fifteen, so on. And as long as the interaction is still there, it will continue to be pu pushed out further and further and further and further. Yeah, and just until to... eventually it doesn't, and then it and then it ends yeah. up falling off, and then that's how your unicorn video, quote unquote, stops. But this is something that I don't think, like you say, the algorithm itself can be quite complicated, but the, the rules that the algorithm follows ne have never changed in terms and of never will. the philosophy is, it's like you said, it's broken down into two things. Do you pay to promote your content? If the answer is yes, that's fine. We will keep promoting your content for as long as your budget lasts. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it's popular content, which falls into step two, whether it's promoted or not, but if it's promoted and popular, it'll get a lot more promotion. But if it's popular and you don't promote it, you're still doing what the platform wants. You're keeping people on the platform. And the longer people are on that platform, the longer they're distracted by what's going on in their real life and the more adverts they can push towards you because that's how they generate revenue. That's why platforms are free. And... The trick, if there is a trick, well, there is, or there are rules more than that you can't hack the system, is you've just got to be consistent with content, regardless of what it is, whatever it is you're trying to talk about, demonstrate, show, teach, 
people, you've just got to be consistent with that content. If there's a diamond in the rough, what you're trying to do with your consistent content is get interaction with it, i.e. likes, comments or shares. That's it. That, that's all you can do is, is tailor your, your content around trying to get people who like your content to engage with it. And yeah. it sounds really simple, but that's what every single person who owns a business is trying to do on these platforms. Uh, you know, I want to make something really, really clear as well, because we're talking a lot about like how to interact with your audience and how to generate an audience, how to make an audience. Something that you need to understand is your audience and your client base are very different, right? They're not the same, right? No. They might have, you might have some clients who follow you. Okay, cool. But I would rather have a thousand people who are potential clients or clients or friends or people who I actually 100% know instead of 10,000 people who I don't know or is not going to interact with my content. The key point there is not interacting with the content, as we just discussed. But the future of a business or how well a business is doing has nothing to do with the follow-up account, unless no, you're an influencer. There's a That's very, the only time where it actually matters. There's a very good example of that, and I'm going to quote Jason Capital. And anyone that knows who Jason Capital is, which I know you do because you and I have talked about this, um, he references an Instagram model who had, I think at the time, over 4 million followers and couldn't sell anything. Mm -hmm. And people thought she was doing really, really well. And Jason Capital pointed out, the problem is you're trying to sell, you know, you've got 4 million followers or over 4 million followers. Most of them are men. So unless you're selling some sort of sex manual, sex product how to pull a girl like you they're not going to buy anything from you they're not going to buy your makeup they're not going to buy your moisturizer they're not going to buy your bikinis they're not products they use and sometimes that's where you've got to be really really careful as you grow a massive audience in one area who would never use your products you know? yeah and it's yeah, great it's if, if, sponsorship on youtube yeah and, and it's great if you're um yeah that we'll get into that um and that's great if you have a dog say so, you know like people who have their pets online and their pets have got two million followers it doesn't matter you, you're just doing something because you love your pet and mm. you're just having fun with it if you're doing something that's just fun then followers are followers it, it, it doesn't matter as long as they're liking and interacting and you're enjoying what you do you're not trying to do that for money you know it doesn't matter to you if you're trying to attract a client because you're not selling anything it's pictures of your dog I mean, there's content out there where people like just putting their teddy bear in different places they travel around the world or putting some toy or, or something. And it gets it garners this audience and this anticipation of where it's going to turn up next, what how it's going to happen mm. next. Anticipation is a good one as well. But and they've built this audience, but they're not selling anything. You know. But I bet, but I bet, if a tourist board reached out to them and said, "Oh, can you come to Salisbury, for example?" Yeah, they'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, of course, of course. You know, but it is, it's not always. You know, you can have an audience that's of great value if you're not selling anything. But if you're trying to sell something, then you've got to be selling a product that your audience wants. And like you say, so YouTube sponsorship being a good thing. You know, there's no point. Um, having a sponsorship on YouTube that sells high-end stationery if all your if most of your audience are illiterate as fucking eat crowns. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. 
absolutely. Probably not how you would have worded it. But... It's not, but I get your point. The, <laughs> the, the, the principle, I think, there is, though, that... Because a lot Although of Although if you were selling crayons, crayons, it might be good. Organic, uh, edibles. The, yeah, Davis creating a new business model here, there's a chance. Anyway, um, the the point that we're making here is that followers aren't everything, right? Like, I think I think that's the crux of what we're, the point yeah. here. And I think that it's it's a trap which a lot of people fall into because they start a new business and they're like, oh my God, it's all overwhelming because they have to do everything related to business. Then they have to work out marketing. Then they have to open a social media account. They may have to make sure they have a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, blah, 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 et cetera. But one of the main things, one of the first things that anyone should learn in marketing is you don't want to market to everyone. No, this is, right? I mean, th- that term target audience is exactly what this means. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for layman's terms, what does that mean? That means the group of people, not necessarily a demographic of people, but you can have a demographic of people that you are trying to talk to, you're trying to connect with, you're trying to emulate. For example, we talk to business owners. We talk to so yeah. a lot of our content goes on LinkedIn, for example. Right. Like why? Because that's the business hub. That's the networking hub of business. Can I just that's where a lot of our content. Can goes. I just interrupt with a very simple example? Right. Taxi drivers. Taxi drivers don't have a target audience of car owners. No. Unless it's Christmas and New Year. Christmas and New Year, taxi drivers, their target audience, typically can become car drivers. Yeah. Right? But their general, Monday to Friday, 9 till 5, their target audience of people that don't own cars. But then it switches... Actually, it can be any time of the year, but Christmas and New Year uh, are very busy. It then switches to people who drink. And you don't have a nominated driver, so we get a taxi. And that's a target audience. Yeah, simple as that. And it's about understanding that when you market. Because by having an opinion on anything, you're going to alienate another sector of people. That's completely fine as long as you make sure and you understand that the, the, the ones you're not alienating are the ones that are likely <clears throat> or potentially going to give you some money. Mm. Yeah, Jim's Jim's as, as 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 a business, that's what you want, right? Like mm. we, we, we pussyfoot around it a lot, but in business, why are you marketing? To increase your revenue. That's why you're doing it. Yeah. You shouldn't come out of the gate saying, Please pay me money but that's the crux of why you're doing it. But Jim a gym is a good example of making sure you know your target audience because if you have a particular well-rounded all over gym Mm. that's great for general fitness possibly people looking at weight loss right but if you want to do specifically target bodybuilders or strong the strong men the strong women competition or crossfit being another example it's a very specific area of the market they're targeting bodybuilding, strong men, strong women, all of that. Again, you can't have a um, a gym that has lots of equipment that your target audience are not going to use. You know, so the, you, you've got to be, again, it's, it's the, I'm just trying to give people like real life examples mm. of knowing what your target audience is. So when you're going to do great content. Yeah, this is why niching is important, right? Like, yeah. This is what I was going to make. Why do we niche into video marketing, right? I understand the majority of marketing, but why do we niche into video marketing? Because I'm passionate about video. I know how to leverage video. 
and arguably I would say right now it's the best tool to articulate the message you want to articulate. I certainly think moving forward, because the evidence that we see in terms of how people now interact on a daily basis, what are people's actual entertainment habits? Less and less people buy magazines, less and less people buy newspaper. Um, and so more and more people are consuming video content. Well, then it makes sense that you know, we were just talking, you know, all of the Christmas adverts. Okay, they're adverts for TV, but that's video content. Yeah. Well, actually, they're not even for TV solely anymore. No. They're, they're, actually, now, they're find, now designed to be shared. They're actually designed to go on social platforms as paid content, and they've actually been finding that quite a lot this year, especially, those are hitting the same kind of numbers that TV ads hit. Can, can right? you can Very you, closely. I mean, here's a concept that nobody would have ever understood 10, 15 years ago. We're going to make an advert for Christmas, and we're going to put it on a social media platform and people are going to get so excited about it. Not only are they going to like it, comment on it, they're going to share it for us. Yeah. And tell all their friends how excited they are that we at John Lewis or Marks and Spencers or Waitrose have made a Christmas advert and look at it. Yeah. And we're just going to sell you the fun of love of Christmas and make a shitload of money. So the, the, the principle which we're talking about here is what's known as super fans in the industry. And the concept of super fans is basically a principle where you take the idea of someone, someone falls in love with your concept, falls in love with your brand, falls in love with your values. And this is why your values as a business is important mm. because once you can understand and you can actually connect with people, and a good video, powerful video will connect with people emotionally. It will. If you can have a good story, if you, can, if you do video well, you'll have a story arc in two minutes, right? It's very hard to do, but you will, right? And some of the best ads that you've ever seen have a story arc, right? John yeah. Lewis's this year is a very key example of a story arc in just uh, just over two minutes. Can, can I which stop? Which is incredible. Can I just stop you? As you know, I don't really watch TV, so I've no idea what the John Lewis advert is. Could you explain it to me, please? So the John Lewis ad uh, this year is basically all about an alien spaceship that comes down that tries to articulate with a child that is in lost in the woods, right? And the crux of it ends up basically they end up communicating through a Christmas tree and baubles and uh, yeah, Christmas lights, etc. And the story arc is you see their relationship build, and it's two and a half minutes long. Okay. Right, and it doesn't. And everyone when I say a story arc, you don't have to overthink the story arc. A story no. arc can be very simple. I go to a shop. There is a problem in that shop. I resolve that problem. That's a story arc. Well, here's right? the best story arc, right? We'll go back to Coca-Cola, who are getting a lot of free advertising right now. So all the <laughs> bloody supermarkets. As I right? said, do you want me to put some product placement in? Yeah, right. Here you go. Yeah, look. There you go, here's some product there you placement go right. For you. <laughs> what? It has a theme tune. Coca-Cola is coming or something. It has a little jingles. And the lorry turns up. I think it's, hol I think it's holidays are coming. Holidays, holidays are coming. Are See? Holidays. There you go. There's a marketing man who knows his stuff. Unlike me, who doesn't give a shit about it. But, yeah, holidays are coming, and I can still hear the bells in my head, and the big red truck turns up. Right? How long have they been running that advert for? Well, longer than I've been alive, I'll put it that way. I'm just going to... I don't actually know. David's now going to Google I am going to Google this on my phone. I'll just the... take it off, because um, I'm a professional podcaster now, so I actually have my phone on um, flight mode. Well, you see, mine's always on silent, so... 
there yeah. you go this is where the one person who can ring me and it will actually make noise rings me but yeah. anyway the the um the point just where you're looking that up is there's a very good point to be made about audio in videos as well firstly you need to make a video that's appealing without any audio at all because i have the i answer. think it's 72 percent hold on 72 percent of people will watch a video without sound on because they're watching it on their phone in a scenario where they can't really blast a song. You mean they're not doing work? Yeah. But they're I, at work, we're, we're... not doing work on their phone, yes. reading yes. your adverts. So the Coca-Cola Christmas truck was seen for the first time in 1995. So that's just older than me. And it was created by the advertising agency WB Donor. So, I don't think even exists anymore. Right. So anyway. there there you go in a nutshell. They paid for that advert to be done once. Yeah. And what 21 was that so 26 years later they're still running the same advert. That's the power of advertising. They do tweak it now and again, but the the actual principle of a truck driving to the really christmassy yeah. town is the same holidays so the plan are coming for the ad is the same but yeah. they do sometimes actually update it i don't think they're actually running the same ad to, specifically the concept and the, and the and the story is the same yes um but i think they do remit the ad every couple of years or if not every year but the, the talk about the getting point, value for money <laughs> yeah tell me about it and the thing is like that ad probably didn't cost that much in the first place in coca-cola standards right as no. well I mean, right. Coca-Cola's budget will be huge. Yeah, but it's huge in layman's terms because if you cut that up as uh, as we just described for 26 years, it's non-existent money at that point. Yeah. Because yeah, you've got so much return on investment on it, right? Like, on average, you want to look at content for maybe two years, three years, then refresh it, right? On average, that's what you want to look at, right? So if we do a promotional video for you, for example, in two to three years, you're probably going to want to bring us back so it doesn't look aged, Right, well, like... I'll give you a clue. I'll, I'll tell you something about how times change, right? When that Coca-Cola advert truck was first done, there was no such thing as an emissions test. No. That thing would have splurted out black smoke like it was a coal fire. And that would be part of the, yeah, that'd be part of the magic. Yeah, right? it's the magic of Christmas, mate. Coal fires. And murdering the planet while we do it, but yeah. Um you know, but I think it says a lot, as I say, as I said at the start, like, you know, it says a lot about our culture. Yeah. Right. Because you can develop and we'll do it. And the thing is that because people ask me, arguably, why am I why am I good at advertising? Why do I understand it? It's all human behavior and human psychology. Right. Mm. This is not rocket science. The thing is that you need to understand is marketing is more about human behavior and human human patterns than it is actually about advertising. If you can understand where people's interest is going to be and where their attention is going to be and you put the content in the way of where they're going to go. For example, if you had gone back two and a half years to three years and you had decided, I'm going to put all my advertising budget into TikTok, you'd be one of the biggest brands in the world right now. Yeah. yeah. Full stop. Underline, you just would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The same, with, the, the, same with, the same with NFTs, the same with Bitcoin, the same with like all the new technologies that have come out. They're all that are all good in their own own respects for different reasons. But the thing is, you don't know which one until it does. Well, here's so that's why you can't bet on which one. No, but here's a good example of how they utilize human behavior. Hashtags. Mm -hmm. Create trends. Once you get a hashtag that's trending, 
if you were one of the ones that first started using that hashtag, there used to be a thing on Twitter many years ago, and they were saying if you want to start trending, just watch the news, and every time there's breaking news, just write a comment about it, use that hashtag. Write another comment about it, use that hashtag. And just see if you can get into the trending algorithm before you know it, your posts are being shared on everything. And that still stands today. Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, I have a gaming background and we did the same thing with gaming, right? You, a new patch would launch on a game or something new. Would, and I remember it very, very clearly. There was a um, Pacific challenge in World of Warcraft ages ago that I did for fun, right? That was the Iron Man challenge. It was basically, it was like, you have to complete the game with basically like making it a lot harder. So basically you weren't allowed to use a certain quality of gear, etc., etc., etc. right? And I won't get too technical, but the, the principle was it got, it, I did a set of videos that weren't in trend. Six months later, they magically got a load of artificial views because that challenge magically got into a trend in the gaming sphere at that time. I didn't do anything else because the videos were already there. They already existed, but I didn't, that's what I mean by having stuff already before a trend. Like if I had yeah. known, I would have continued the series. I didn't, but when when I found out, I went, "Why have these videos got so many views?" And then I found out that it's actually uh, it became a trend within that community. And that's what I'm saying: understanding community and understanding firstly how to build a community around the content you do, which is also really important. But also number two, understanding how to market and how to sell is very important because, as I said before. A lot of businesses' problem sometimes they run into is there's a difference between you need revenue and you want short-term revenue. If you need revenue, okay, we we can try a specific strategy that's more short-term led. It's probably worse for you long-term, but if you're not going to have a business, in theory, in six months, for example, then it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. But the, the, the principle is everything that's worth doing takes time, right? and takes money. If you want exponential growth, you want things to just continue and you want to have a continued progression, you want to have continued interaction, you want to have continued this and you want to get like a thousand views or a hundred views or whatever it is that your your numbers are. Like I don't look at numbers, but let's just use a thousand as an example. You want consistently a thousand views on all your content, then you have to build a community that's going to support that content every time. And you yeah. have to create content that's valuable to them every time. Because if you're just posting rubbish that's not valuable, and that's why whenever I look at content or I talk to anyone, I ask you as well. I say, okay, I'm happy to come on the podcast, but how are we going to make it valuable for your audience? Because there's no point otherwise, right? And there's no point because so far someone sat through 45 minutes of us talking and what have they got? They've got well, some actually good strategy. They've exactly. learned a lot about Coca-Cola. Yes, which you can take with in terms of um, if you actually broke this down into segments is there is actually some um, we've broken down some kind of misconceptions maybe not the right word um, about marketing and advertising that there is actually a purpose behind it and what these people are often trying to do is discover who the target audience is you know and, and if you want to look at it a different way it's like, what are the elements that make a good advert? Well, one is, it's catchy. One is it, 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 it gets people's attention, has a good slogan, has a good tagline, has a, a good story arc, it has all of those things. Right, that's great. But one of the ingredients that you also have to understand is, who is the audience? 
where is that audience? So you need to know who the audience is, where the audience is. And then you have to actually decide with the advert, what are you trying to sell them? Are you trying to sell them anything at all? Yeah. You know, Coca-Cola, like you said, right now, all it's trying to do is make sure Coca-Cola is on every Christmas table on Christmas Day. Right? But it doesn't do it in a sales way. Right? No. Because a sales way would be, hey, buy this, right? That's exactly, that's that the That would basically be the crux of the ad, right? That is the genius. What they're doing, the what they're doing is very simple. They're saying, hey, hey. For people that can't see that are listening to this audio, Carlton's been picking up a can of Coca-Cola and showing it to the screen. <laughs> and that's the point. All they're doing is putting Coca-Cola in the mind of everybody. And right now, there is no other Coke, Pepsi advert out there. It's Christmas, and everyone's like, Christmas is Coca-Cola. Yeah. Unless you're a diehead Pepsi household, then you have Pepsi. But, 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 anyway. but, but, that's, but then that, that's a but brand But again, you're loyalty. not in the target. Again, it's brand loyalty not, thing. But yeah, the thing is, like, this is what we're talking about, brand, right? Like, you, I would argue the, the best thing to do as a business when you're starting out is to start building a brand. Okay, firstly, but if you're going to do that, firstly, what does that mean to you? Mm. Secondly, what are the values that are attached to that? And thirdly, how? Okay, so just, how is your logo going to be represented? I'm just going to show, say something about it. the thing about Coca-Cola. They do really, really, really well when they and they didn't know this at the time, but when they captured the Christmas audience, they captured children. Yep, because children also think Coca-Cola is Christmas, yep. and Christmas doesn't happen until children see the Coca-Cola advert. And not only that, it's reinforced by their parents. Mm-hmm. So Coca-Cola is creating a brand loyalty at a very, very early age. So, yeah. you know, and that's, again, you're back to capturing audience. Who is your target audience? What are you trying? And like you say, Coca-Cola, who are getting a lot of free time right now. Right? <laughs> but that's actually the best example of how genius that advert is, because it doesn't so it doesn't tell you to buy anything all they've done is made them themselves the topic of conversation around an event yeah and that's probably every and every single best advertiser you can look at nike you can look at adidas you can look at coke the example we use today etc you can look at any of those global big any big marketing brand or anything any big brand and they'll and you'll notice that when they advertise they're going hey Here's a piece of really valuable information. Hey, this is this is a cool thing, isn't it? Yep. But what they what they're doing is they're putting very subtly some brand logo in there, or they're putting made by or sponsored by or etc. That's where sponsored by exists. Sponsored by is a way for me to put my logo on stuff that's going to get seen by people. That's why people sponsor stuff. That's why people sponsor TV shows. That's why people sponsor uh, football teams. That's why people sponsor. Etc. Yeah. Etc. Is to get that logo out there to be seen by more people, so then people are intrigued and go, okay, mm, okay. And and the final point I'll make on the the child seeing the Coca Cola advert, something that your audience may not know may know, is a lot of the decisions we make uh, or the behaviours we actually have as uh, as adults are made when we're before we're seven, right? Hmm. But they're put in place before we're seven. So if I'm being shown a Coca Cola advert from the age of five to the age of seven, how loyal do you think I'm going to be to that brand moving from the age of seven through to the age of 70? Oh, crikey, yeah. Crikey. <laughs> right? So the, the principle is, 
And this is why you need to be careful uh, for parents listening or, or anyone listening. This is why you need to educate yourself on how advertising works so you can protect your child from it. Because yeah. it is powerful, but it also can be very malicious, right? I wouldn't argue that I, well, I'm not putting any brand in light saying it's malicious, but it can be used maliciously. That's the point I'm making here. And the, be- the, 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 good, the ones with a good moral compass or the ones with good, the good reasons mm. to do stuff will never do that for a moral reason or any moral reason. However, others will because they see it as simply just a transactional game. I want to make more money. This is the way I do that. There's a lot of businesses who don't do that and the majority from what i found don't do that they do it because they want they have a, a greater purpose outside of i want to make more money well great fantastic I but just, it's something to be aware of i just want to get um i just want to ask you something because i'm conscious of time is because cool. um, we've been going i think about 50 minutes maybe an hour 51 right I right think. already so i want you to think about this if somebody is sat at home They've got a business. They're just yeah. starting up. They don't have a budget. Right? They do have a phone, so they can do video content for Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, or YouTube channel, whatever, or for their own website. Right? Mm-hmm. But they've got no money for advertising. They've got no budgets for media companies. How, sh- how should they create their content? What should they try and do? So there's two ways I can answer this. Firstly, it's a very good establishment that you need to make. Can you afford to bring someone in or not? Right. No, I'm cutting that out. You cannot do that. But let's say you've got, okay, fine. So you've only got a phone. So first you need to understand, you need to ask yourself before you even think about making content, you need to ask yourself, as we've discussed today, who is your target audience? Who are you trying to talk to? Right. Because then what you can establish is you can understand who, what's going to be valuable to them. Right. So let's say you're a product, you're someone who creates products. OK, so you need to come at it from a point of view where you can create video content or you can take pictures of your product or etc. You can show the product in use yourself. Right. This doesn't cost you anything. You have a phone, you have the product. So pick up your phone. Firstly, get over the hurdle of talking to your phone, which is the first hurdle that everyone has in the first place of creating video content, talking to yourself, articulating and learning how to present. The, the best advice I always give to people is firstly create 10 videos that you don't do anything with and it's just you talking about your day to a camera like I'm doing now right? and then when you've done that you create very specific and then write 10 topics that you're going to talk about so it could be okay what is your product how is your product work, why does it work why does your service work who's your service for etc things like this, write 10 down and then record a video for each and then post it to your personal account or your business account, etc., and get your friends and family because that's at the start. That's the, at the start is very very easy because no one's going to view your content because you don't have an audience yet. But what you can do is you can ask your family and friends to give you honest feedback on that content, so then you can do it better. Okay, great. So then you've got some feedback to work from, and you can and you repeat this process and you repeat this process until eventually what will happen is you'll just be used to talking to a camera like this. Right? And you'll be used to articulating to your phone. You'll be used to talking about your product. So then you'll be able to organically create content. So when you're with a customer or you get a really good customer bit of feedback, you won't feel uncomfortable saying, hey, would you mind just doing a little video explaining how you found the product or how you found the service? Because you'll be used to that and your brain will eventually get wired to think about content and think about marketing and think about, okay, well, what's the next step? 
Now, don't get me wrong, it's still going to go from your brain sometimes, etc. And this is not a hard and fast rule. Mm. But if you start the process, you'll then be in a position where you can help articulate what you do. And you can actually, and what ends up actually happening eventually is you become more confident when you're having a sales conversation when a camera isn't on you. Because if you can be confident in selling or, or talking about your service or product across a camera, when you don't have a camera, you're going to be even more confident. And that's one of the, the, the ISPs that we have is we help people become more confident. On Explain to people what, what an ISP is. A unique selling proposition, David. Unique selling. So USP. Yes, USP. So I thought you said I always got an ISP. A USP, a unique selling proposition. So why should I choose you <coughs> over choosing someone else who offers the same thing? So let's break this down into simple steps. So first of all, what is your product? Yeah, or service. Product or service. Why is it potentially valuable or useful? Yep. Right. So what's your use case? How does someone use it? Yep. Where are... Where is your potential audience? And yeah. who is your potential audience? Yeah. Now, they're not the same. No. Let me explain why they're not the same. One is a platform. So mine, for example, is LinkedIn. Yeah. Right? For example. The, then then it's who. Okay. So what kind of people? This is for me look at demographics. We look at, are they male? Are they female? Are they between the ages of 18 and 45? Etc. Right? That they're different. And you need to understand the differences between the two. They're, a hard, they're not a hard and fast rule either. For example, you'll notice that we put our two main platforms, Instagram and LinkedIn, but we still put content on Facebook. We still put content on YouTube. We still put content on the website because the more, it's not a hard and fast rule, but your pressure and your focus should be on those specific platforms. So those two or one platform that you see as valuable. So, right. Where was I? <laughs> so, first of all, what is your project? product why is it valuable so what is your product or service why is it valuable why is it useful okay where is your target audience who is your target audience okay so you've got to understand those three points okay and then you've got to decide how you're going to communicate them are you just going to show them the product talk about the product explain its value explain its worth explain personal reasons or give personal examples of how it can be used. So then you've got to come to consistency. How often, how frequent are you going to post? How often are you going to post? And like you said, just get used to talking on a camera. And then you then got to start studying the feedback. Who's viewing it? Do you know who your target audience is? So... And that can all just be done off a telephone, yeah. off a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. And all a media company is going to do is help you sound and be perceived as more professional. Yeah. Because, and a good production company or a good media company or a good marketing company will help you articulate your message better as well. They'll help tweak your language. They'll help you feel more confident, etc. But at the end of the day, you still need to know what you're talking about because mm. me as a as a content creator, I can't help you know what you're talking about. You have to know the bulk of the content. I can then help you fluff it up and make it look a lot better and sound a lot better and, and feel a lot better and for you to come across more confidently. But if you still don't know what you're talking about, you're still going to be talking shit. And that's probably an excellent line to stop on. Thank you very much.
pleasure as always. Thank you. Right, let me just stop that recording. And there we have another episode, and that was with Carlton from Brunton Media. Um, I will ensure that there are links in the description, links to Carlton, links to Caroline Kavanagh, as she was mentioned, and please do check out the Christmas video that Carlton does, or just check out his work. He's a very passionate guy and loves what he does.